When you meet someone, do you wonder about their story? If you're like me, you're always interested in the lives, hopes, and dreams of people. Stories Connect People podcast will bring you interesting, inspiring, and compelling stories from people just like you and me. Stories that will inspire you. They'll make you laugh. You'll learn. They might even make you cry. But above all, you will feel connected and closer to the people around you. You may see yourself in these stories. You may feel connected because you share similarities in your own journey. There are rich, interesting stories closer than you think, maybe even yours. Thank you for listening to Stories Connect People. I am Polly Van Duzer, your host. I can't wait for you to hear from my guest today, Patty Baker. Talk about someone who is doing great things to make the world a better place. Patty, who is traveling at the speed of bike, became an advocate for sustainability, community gardening, people, biking, community arts, without ever intending to do so. How does she get around? On her bike. And why might you ask? It's to experience. She is experiencing her community, her city, people, art, nature, and more. In the podcast, you will hear her talking from outside with the birds chirping, and it's the perfect setting for Patty's interview. Have you ever met someone who loves connecting with people, with strangers, and doing so in such a present, intentional, engaging way? Patty doesn't just take time if she happens to meet a stranger. She makes time for it in her life. She talks to them, gets to know them, and sometimes even photographs them. As I said, Patty is an advocate. She is also a multi-time author, photographer, blogger, and Peace Corps Uganda invitee waiting for her departure date. And today, she is my guest on Stories Connect People podcast, and we'll talk all about it. Patty, how are you today? Welcome to Stories Connect People podcast. Oh, I'm great, Polly. How are you? Oh, yes. I am so excited to have you on. Um, so Patty and I um, both live in uh, the Atlanta area, and my friend Susan knows Patty through her blog and some other stuff. And so I am so excited that we connected. And so, you know, I um, looked you up and started um, doing some research just on you and your background. And it is incredible to see and read about you and all the things that um, you do to make our community a better place and our world um, a better place. And so um, I'm just so excited to have you on the podcast today. Um, the podcast stands for, you know, um, people that are interesting, inspiring, and uplifting. I think you are all of those things and so much more. So it's a, it's a real treat to be talking to you today. Thank you. That's so sweet. I love how um, your podcast is bringing people together. And I've really enjoyed listening to some of the ones you've already done and meeting some of the folks through what you've, uh, you've shared. So thank you so much, Polly. And thank uh, you for having me. Sure, sure. Um, I've read so many things about you, and I probably could talk to you for so long, but um, we'll focus on a few of them. And so your okay. contribution to our community is just amazing. And just the way that you in, um, inspire others, I mean, you have a daily blog, and I'll talk about that 
in just a second, but you advocate for our community and sustainability and gardening and cycling and and you've done that through your blogs and your photography and your books and and all of these things and so I can't wait to dive into this a little deeper with you and then I absolutely want to talk about your decision to join um, Peace Corps Uganda um, and you know what led to that decision and I know that's on um, hold briefly so we can talk a little bit about that as well so we'll just jump right in why don't okay. you um, start by just sharing a little about your background high level uh, well I have been here in the in metro Atlanta for 30 years I was uh, 30 years this past January which coincided well I guess I came down in October before that um, but my husband and I had gotten married 30 years ago uh, mm. we're from New York okay. and I moved down uh, for a job with Turner Broadcasting all okay. those years ago and we were planning on staying just a few years and just never left <laughs> so wow. um, we really liked it here and um, had children and built a, a family and a future and all those good things. So, um, you know, we're really happy to be here. And I, we've had our careers here um, for all those years. Well, it's just um, such a great place for all of the um, Atlanta's just incredible. I love it. I'm a native. And it's just so incredible for the work that um, you're doing. I think this is just a great place for it. I mean, I didn't, I never intended, you know, I worked with you know, I'm a writer, project manager. That was my career. I worked mm -hmm. at USA Today and mm -hmm. Turner and then at UPS's corporate headquarters and some other places. And then I went freelance um, after I had my uh, older daughter, who's now 25, and my younger daughter's 20. Um, but, you know, this advocacy thing was never my intention. And, and um, I kind of fell into that out of necessity, I think. And I think maybe listeners can identify with the fact that when you start to get involved with something like riding your bike or growing food or just trying to make a little bit of a difference, you kind of quickly realize, you know, where there's roadblocks or where things might be able to be a little better. I mean, that's very much what I did in my career was, you know, I, I was kind of all day, every day, creativity and coming up with solutions to problems and then trying to make them better. And, um, I think I, I try to bring that into the advocacy work. It was never my intention to be to become an advocate. Yeah, I was yeah. going to ask you that, um, you know, if there was something that, that sparked this, you know, sharing right. and, and inspiring and advocating, right. um, but you just, it just kind of uh, organically grew over time? Well, no, I mean, it were two distinct things that happened. Okay. And one was 9-11. Mm -hmm. um, and I read a little when, bit about that. In, yeah, um, I mean, 9-11 was a huge um, turning point for me. I mean, for a lot of people, of course. Uh, and I had two young children. And you know, I'm from New York. I have a lot of family in New York. I, I don't know anyone who personally perished that day. Mm -hmm. um, but it really kind of hit me that there was so very little that we really had control over um, in this world. And it was a really helpless, powerless feeling. And it's kind of, you know, there's a lot of similarities, I think, to what a lot of us might be feeling right now. Right. And um, for me, I made the decision to start a home garden. It was just a simple little decision at that point, but it dropped me down this incredible rabbit hole of um, 
of change and put me in uh, contact and in partnership with so many amazing, wonderful people. And, you know, just like today, folks who are getting involved for the first time, um, I was very aware at that time that I was standing on the shoulders of so many people who had come before me. Um, you know, folks have just been really at, you know, trying to change the food system and trying to have some more resiliency for such a long time. And, um, you know, I was, I was really aware of that. But the second thing was in 2008, so that was 2001. Mm -hmm. So then in 2008, where I live, um, which is Dunwoody, became the newest city in the United States of America. And at that point, I was writing a blog named Food Shed Planet. And I thought that was really interesting. You know, I was and you got such a huge following with that. Yeah, I mean, that was this, you know, blogging was really big then. And I guess I was, you know, it was post 9-11. And I was able to connect with folks all over the world in some really interesting ways. And I'm actually still friends with a lot of them. Um, but so 2008 came along. And I find out that where I live is about to become the newest city in the United States. And I found that super interesting and wondered what a place would do with a blank slate? What kind of decisions would it make when it had a blank slate to choose its policies and to, you know, build its plans and to really, you know, kind of start from scratch, even though, of course, it was already an established community, it would be a brand new city. And my intention was simply to uh, interview all of the candidates who were running for office um, just to kind of find out what their position was about mm -hmm. sustainability, all, you know, triple bottom line sustainability, economic, environmental, and social. Um, I was doing a lot of research about those issues and what, uh, what decisions other cities had made. Um, so it kind of started like that, and that coincided, this was like, I don't know, July, August or so, and by that fall, the city of Chambly held a symposium for, uh, for the Atlanta Regional Commission, um, which had just launched its Green Communities program. Mm -hmm. And the city of Dunwoody started on December 1st. Uh, so I en actually ended up going to that symposium in like November or something with um, an, one of the city councilors who had, been, who had been voted in. And afterwards, he and the mayor asked me if I would start the Sustainability Commission in the city of Dunwoody, which, again, like I said, you know, I'm a writer, I'm a journalist, I had no intention of any of that. Um, however, it did seem like a good opportunity, and I was pretty passionate about the issues. Um, so we did. And the fun part about it, I was involved for about a year before I got, year, year and a half or so, um, before I ended up so involved with starting community gardens and things like that, that that was just, you know, I only had so much volunteer time I could offer. Right. So. I kind of shifted at that point, but that first year we were able to adopt, you know, a whole slew of policies, you know, the government, and they, they, were, they were adopting every single policy from, from the beginning. Um, and we were able, the city was able to adopt a whole bunch of policies that, um, you know, were, were based in principles of sustainability. Um, it was a lot easier, of course, to adopt those, those policies at the beginning rather than to go back and try mm -hmm. to change them. So, um, you know, Dunwoody ended up going, um, achieving gold 
certification within five years. Of what launching. a stamp you've made on. I know. Well, it's incredible without, without even intending to do it. I mean, that's what's so fascinating is that it just grew out of the work that you had initially put in and you were recognized for that. And people saw this great and how you could help in a bigger way. Yeah. And wow, you've definitely done that. Well, I mean, I appreciate that, but obviously there are so many people involved. Sure, and, sure. Um, I think where I aligned with the city that first year was that, you know, I'm a startup person. You know, I worked with USA Today when it was, you know, still within its startup sort of culture and the same with Turner Broadcasting. It was both about their 10-year anniversaries when I was with them, which was kind of before they became more corporate or all the original folks were still, you know, were still there at that point. So um, I really connect with that kind of environment mm -hmm. and that kind of can-do sort of creativity and anything's possible. And there's not a lot of naysayers in those kinds of cultural environments. It's just a lot of, you know, make it happen sort of people. And the first year um, in particular here in Dunwoody was very much that, that way. It was... Um, well, you're in Brookhaven, aren't you? Mm -hmm. Brookhaven, yeah. So, um, I mean, probably a similar feeling there when when Brookhaven became a city. Right. Um, you know, it's just, again, this incredible feeling of anything is possible, and we can really build the dream. We can really, you know, make some things happen that can have a positive effect. Um, so I really enjoyed that. And, you know, it was definitely time for me to move on when I did. And, and you know, all these years later, um, there are you know, amazing people who have continued to, mm -hmm. to, to run that committee and, and do some amazing work re related to sustainability. So um, I think, you know, again, I left to start gardens and um, get involved a lot more with urban agriculture, which was really my true passion, um, which, of course, I didn't even know until after 9-11. So that wasn't something I really grew up with. But I think ultimately, I have come become comfortable with the feeling that I am basically just a seed planter and I just try to put it out I there. I love that so much. Yeah, I mean, it helps me kind of have peace with when it's time to move on because it's hap it happens to me kind of continually that, you know, once you're with something for a while, it starts to get a little rigid um, a little bureaucratic, perhaps. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, and possibly out of necessity. I mean, that's possibly the only way to really run organizations. Um, but that doesn't really fit my operating style. And that's not really the benefit that I can bring to an organization or a, or a project. Um, I'm really, I'm kind of the person you want when something's impossible. And ideas are needed, and someone who's actually willing to do the work to make it happen. Um, well, that is absolutely you, I see. So, yeah, I mean, so that's kind of what I try to focus on. If I find myself sitting in too many meetings or having to try to explain something, mm -hmm. whereas if, if folks would just kind of come outside with me, it would all become very clear very quickly, um, you know, specifically in relating to, to bike riding and bike safety right. and things like that. I mean, people can spend they can spend the rest of their lives debating it. But if you go out for one bike ride, 
<laughs> well, I want to talk about I want to talk about that. So that um, was the first thing that I um, found on you was um, the blog that you have. So you started the blog, um, and I have to tell you, I mean, I, so you know, I've, I've been connect or been receiving the blog for I don't know maybe two weeks now, and I just can't wait to get it every morning to see <laughs> or you know whenever it comes in to see what you've captured from oh the last God. few days it's oh, incredible so i mean have people told have people told you that i don't know i mean i sometimes I, they have to have <laughs> yeah i don't know i really i think i think um i'm not sure where i mean this kind of leads into the peace corps thing in all honesty because I'm not really sure where I'm helpful anymore. You know, I mean, there's so much, there's so much out there that people are exposed to and mm-hmm. people are so pressed for time and folks right. don't really read the way they used to. So I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that you're enjoying it. I'm, I'm, a, I'm afraid I'm possibly driving people crazy sometimes. Um, because not, I just, well, not you know, me. So well, talk about, that. so your blog is, uh, let me ask just a couple of questions and then I'll yeah. um, let you answer. So your blog is traveling at the speed of bikes. So I mean, traveling right. at the speed of bike, that is so catchy, so cool. Uh, so first of all, I just want to know how, how you came up with that name and, um, you know, what was the inspiration for the blog? And, um, and, and then, you know, maybe you can just talk about, you know, when you set out every day or every few days or while you're, while you're uh, biking, um, you know, do you have an agenda or is there anything that you think about as you're setting out for the day? Right. Um, yeah, that's great. Well, I had I had some things happen in my life. Um, they're all in the book, actually, um, that necessitated my being in the city of Atlanta every day. And um, I decided to do it via bike. Um, and I had to, I was kind of, I was somewhere with my, my daughter was in school and she was here and she was there and she was a homeschool and doing a series of different things um, that necessitated us sort of being all over the place. Mm-hmm. And we started taking Marta a lot and I brought my bike with me and I brought my laptop and she'd go do her thing and I would go do my research and my writing and, you know, go for, use, use the bike as transportation throughout the day. So that's kind of how it started. And I guess the name, that's the name I ultimately, you know, chose for the book. And then the blog, of course, Mm -hmm. was the companion piece to it. Um, It's sort of the ongoing story, I guess. Um, I just kind of realized, you know, I'm just, I'm not the cyclist person. I just ride my bike and I travel at a speed that's comfortable for me and a speed that I can look humanity in the face and that I can meet people and I can enjoy art and I can investigate things. And um, it was just a phrase that felt very comfortable for me and um, kind of let me define what that speed was for, you well, know, and, and for, every, for every person. I mean, every, every person has their own speed. Right. It's just a beautiful way to look at it. And when you are, um, when you're biking around, um, like what makes you stop or, you know, is there, right. do you have a particular path you go or you, do you look for a different a place, you know, every few days to go? Kind of what are you? Right. Yeah. Things are kind of screwy now. Um, I've been for these last three months, I've been 
mm-hmm. staying very close to home during this whole COVID-19 sure. situation. And, um, you know, that's been super challenging for me because I'm not, I'm not really a suburb person and it's just been challenging. Um, however, there, there's been such a kind of flurry of community and uh, folks being out, more people riding bikes. You know, it looks like we're having the biggest bike boom since the 1970s, which is when I came of age. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm really thrilled about that. So I try to model, you know, positive bike riding behavior. And I try to, um, you know, ride for joy and transportation and sort of show folks some some ways that they can incorporated into their lives as well. But usually when I was in this, you know, when I went into the city of Atlanta um, and Decatur and Clarkston and kind of all over the place, um, you know, I usually had some sort of a destination. I was, you know, I, I wrote, I've written a lot of national magazine articles mm-hmm. and um, I'm always working on something, a client or something, whatever. Um, so I, I often had some sort of a destination for that day or something I wanted to research. But of course it, you know, a million things would happen. I mean, just I'm big. I have a, a Instagram uh, page called Today's Nice Stranger. Um, so I also hashtag it, and yeah, just you're just constantly meeting people and constantly experiencing things. And there's free fruit everywhere, and um, you know something's always different. And I'm you know always taking photos. I do a lot of street photography. I love your so. photos and just how you capture. Uh, just just the way you capture people and and things it's uh it's a really neat perspective that that you show well thank you um that's been the the greatest joy to me i mean the bike for me is is it's just sort of the way to access humanity i mean that's really the best way to put it and and across Across everything, across socioeconomics, across race, across gender, across circumstance and situation, um, you know, it really, it has taken me into many incredible experiences that I would not have had elsewise. Uh, I'm, I'm, it's been life-changing. It's ac- actually been, been life-changing. So, I mean, I've ridden for my whole life, you know, um, but it was getting into Atlanta that really, on a daily basis, that really changed things for me. Um, it's a really, really, really enjoyable place to ride a bike. And it's so funny because I'll tell people out here and they're like, oh, I could never ride in Atlanta. I'm like, oh my gosh, you have no idea how much easier and more interesting and enjoyable it is to do so. Um, I mean, there's wonderful things out here too, don't get me wrong, but um, I'm really proud of the changes that have happened in regarding to um, accessibility. Um, There's a long way to go and the work that the Atlanta Bicycle Coalition is doing is incredibly important, um, especially during this time when access for all, truly all, um, is more important than ever to address. So um, I strongly that. recommend folks, you know, support the Atlanta Bicycle Coalition's amazing work. They're just they're just doing great work. Um, so uh, some people may not know what this is, but do you ride on the Beltline, the Atlanta Beltline? Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of ride everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I, I ride everywhere. There's I ride on the streets. I ride on the Beltline. I ride, um, and again, you know, I haven't, you know, for a little while now because right. of the situation. But in general, I mean, mm-hmm. I. I 
I ride all over and there's so many amazing neighborhoods, you know, all, all over, yes, east, so west, many, south. So many. Right. I mean, they're just really beautiful, lovely neighborhoods. Um, and I mean, they say with bike riding that, you know, at, be, at the beginning, when you start getting back into it, or when you start maybe for the first time in your life, you go somewhere to ride. But the more you ride, you ride to go somewhere. Oh. So, you know, I, there's a lot of folks that go to the Beltline to ride. Yeah. But the more you stay with it, I, the more you'll start riding to go many, many, many more places. Mm. It just opens up the whole world. And, and the other thing is, you know, it's really very small, the city. You know, it feels like it's so, it takes so long to get different places and to park and to this and to that. But when you're on a bike, you just can't believe all of a sudden you turn around and you're, you're at the Capitol and you turn around and you're down by, you know, this stadium and that stadium. And then you're up, up by this museum and then you're over by that cemetery. And I mean, you're by the zoo. I mean, you're like, how did I get so here? interesting? Yeah. To yeah. Hear you talk about it that way. It's mind blowing. And then the art, I mean, oh, just complete thank you to all of the public artists out there. Um, I can't even tell you just how incredibly beautiful and interesting and ever-changing uh, they have made the city. And I think, um, you know, City of Atlanta should continue with its incredible um, support to date yeah. uh, and increase their support to date of, of public art in, in Atlanta. Um, and again, those are the kind of things I mean, it's fun to do when you're riding a bike. It's, you know, let's go see. And I hear there's this new mural. And, and you may not even pay attention to it when you're in a car. I mean, it's right. so interesting that you talk about that because you might you might see it, but not really not really see it, it uh, yeah. if you're not I mean, as close up as right. you might could be on a bike. Right. I mean, on a bike, you can experience it. Right. So, and then you meet people. You just always meet people. I mean, that's, that's been the, the, the most amazing, beautiful, wonderful thing. Talk to us about that because um, you've mentioned, you know, the strangers that you meet and, the, and you have a book on um, that and you highlight some of these in your, uh, in your blog. And so uh, talk a little bit about that and kind of what that's brought to, to you and your life and maybe what you've brought to others through that. Yeah, I, I just think... You know, we have such a diverse city and world, and when we have the opportunity to come face-to-face and share a moment, and, and it's usually a natural conversation that happens because of something, you know? It's not just a, hi, who are you? Will you be my stranger? You know, it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's um, you know, I don't know, someone's picking a book out of a little free library or often I, you know, I get, I mentioned the free fruit. I mean, with huge thanks to Robbie Astroff and Concrete Jungle and Trees Atlanta, um, there are uh, this free public fruit literally all over Atlanta. And, um, you know. I, had, I had no idea about that. So that's so interesting. Thank you for educating me. It is all over the place, and it is so wonderful. Um, we've already been through this season 
um, service berries and mulberries and I guess plums and peaches are happening now. Um, you know, blackberries and apples and pears and persimmons and all kinds of things. Muscadines, it's all to come. Figs, it's all over the city. And a lot of the bike riders know where these mm-hmm. trees are. <laughs> wow. So, but a lot of times I'll be stopping and picking fruit and folks might be walking by and may not know about this and they get curious and they don't know that what I'm picking is actually edible. And, um, you know, that'll often lead to conversations. So it's things like that, things that are very natural that occur when you're just out there face to face with somebody, you know, or someone might need help for some reason, someone might, you know, whatever, might've had a flat or be carrying too many things or be lost. And you just start to, it's very, you know, it's just very natural for it to happen. I mean, especially when you're maybe not in a crowded area, like, you know, you're in a neighborhood or you're just, you know, by art or, or public fruit or whatever. I mean, again, we have so many free conversation starters with the little free libraries, you know, that I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, see those could, around sometimes and those are... Yeah, and you just talk, you ask somebody, you know, and I think folks, I don't know, sometimes I, I don't, I think to myself that sometimes I may be the only person who spoke to that person that day. You know, you may be right. And so, and sometimes they're the only person who spoke to me. So, you know, I really value those moments a lot. And then you learn a lot too. I mean, you learn, you learn about someone else's life a little bit and their experience and, you know, the changes that are happening in the city that are not always good um, and how they impact somebody. Mm So, I mean, there was one woman who was cutting bushes in front of her studio and the house next to the studio her dad had built and it was about to be demolished for condos to go up, you know, and she had a lot of feelings and memories about that. And I think we probably stood there and talked about an hour. So, and I try to schedule my day in such a way that I have time for that. I, I call that mm-hmm. serendipity. Yeah. And um, I try to have just lots of breathing room in the day. And there's always work to do. There's always things to do. Um, but those experiences are a higher priority to me when they happen because they're magic when they happen. Well, I love that. And you have to be so present where you are and so many times we're so busy and rushed and, and always thinking about, you know, something in the future and for you to take advantage of those moments, those opportunities, those times, I mean, you have to be really present. And so um, I see that, that, that it's really important to you. Yeah. Well, I think that um, with the sheltering place that's happened, I think more people are enjoying that lately and seeing the benefit. I mean, I know here in my neighborhood, which has become really super lovely because people are out walking every day and everyone's talking and saying hello and just in a way we really hadn't been doing, sure. you know, for, for a number of years, everyone's been just so busy, I guess. Um, I've met more people in the last three months you know, I've lived in this neighborhood for 25 years and 
it feels like when we moved in, when we first moved in and, and everyone was kind of making an effort to get to know each other. So it's been really nice. And then I started um, just to, to pivot back a little bit to the gardening thing. I had eliminated, you know, so I had built this whole kind of edible landscape over the years. And mm-hmm. I wrote about that in my other book, Food for My Daughters. But um, I had eliminated all of it, like eliminated it in the last six months or so. Uh, because I was supposed to leave for Peace Corps Uganda, mm-hmm. actually last week. And um, then the end of March, well, I guess probably the first week of sheltering in place, which was like March 15th or so, um, I decided to plant a little bit, you know, figuring, I mean, I was going to be here till June. Let me just plant. I can get get at least a little bit of a spring crop. If I'm going to be stuck at home, you know, I might as well do that. And I started a sharing garden down by my curb, you know, for the neighbors. I'd had that in past years, but I had not been around to really take care of it as much Mm -hmm. the last few years and had let it fall to the wayside. So um, I kind of started that up again. Um, However, then at the end of March, we found out, beginning of April, we found out that we are delayed till at least the end of September. So <laughs> well, <laughs> then talk, I stuck talk your decision to join and then how that's yeah. been impacted now and will it will the date be um, you know revised for you to to start that? Yeah, well I mean I think something I've had kind of thought about over the years and you know if you don't go when you're fresh out of college there's kind of never really a good time mm-hmm. after that. Um, but with my daughter's older and one's out in LA and my younger one is midway through college up in Boston and my husband's retiring soon. Um, you know, we were starting to talk about our future and what kinds of things we were looking to do next. And, um, I am very concerned about what's happening in the world, you know, with the climate and with you know, all of the sort of um, intersecting issues that mm-hmm. that happen with that. And I s- still feel that I, I have a lot to learn in order to maximize my ability to be helpful, I guess, in our changing world. Um, I think there's going to be increased demand for folks that have some resiliency knowledge and are able to, um, you know, maybe make a difference in a bigger way that might be valued a little bit more here in our country. I mean, these things that we're doing are not hobbies. Mm-hmm. These are not hobbies. These are resiliency skills that mm-hmm. we are learning and trying to pass down to our children because we think that they're going to be necessary, that they're, they're already necessary. So, um, so anyway, so I go to the Peace Corps website. And if you haven't been to the Peace Corps website yet, well, I have Anyone? because oh, of, have I was been? interviewing because I was interviewing you, and it's. I mean, I just love everything. I mean, I'm you know I, I, I know. know in general what what it, the Peace Corps is, but I mean it's just all about serving and make and having having an impact on the world in such a hands on way. Yeah, and it's it's. I mean, did you get did you get tempted to apply? <laughs> I'm not exactly in the position right now that I could. (laughs) But it's so inspiring. I mean, you you just want to like do good things because of the website. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a it's a really good website, and they provide a lot of information, like very detailed information on every country and all kinds of things. Um, so, I don't know. I just kind of got the wild hair that you know, why don't I apply and let's just see what happens. And I did that last June. It's, a, I guess it's about a year, you know, probably this week since I first applied. And I originally applied for Jamaica and um, I did not get Jamaica. But then I got a call and they encouraged me to, you know, to apply again that, you know, especially with my agriculture skills, they said that they were very, um, you know, there's a lot of opportunity for it. Hmm. And, you know, Jamaica apparently is, a, I think, one of their more popular locations because mm-hmm. it's so close to the United States and this and that. They said I, I was someone they wanted me to consider again. Um, and so there's this option on the website when you reapply. If you want to just, you can choose what country and what position you're interested in, or you can just roll the dice and you can just say, you know, put me where you need me. Mm-hmm. So I said, asked my husband and my daughters. I mean, they've been part of this entire decision. And I said, what, what should I do? And my husband said to me, well, aren't you curious where they need you? And I was like, yeah, actually, I, yes, let's, let's see. And I, and I just, how I, supportive I, is that? I know he's amazing. So I just, I pushed that button and Literally, I actually I was at the Georgia Bikes um, State Summit that day, and it was several hours later. I was sitting at a round table at a building downtown, listening to you know wonderful presentations about all the great things happening around the state with with bike advocacy and infrastructure and things. And uh, I get this email that um, I had been um, selected for Uganda. So I was like, ah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, but then the more I read about it, I was like, gosh, you know what? This looks like a good fit. Um, they give you a bicycle. Uh, you know, I'd be working with farmers. Um, and what a fit for you. Yeah. And work, you know, developing uh, microfinance communities and helping women and children with home gardens as well. So, um, it's agribusiness, you know, developing um, business opportunities for. Um, additional products from from farms beyond the the crops that they're raising. So I don't know. I'm super excited about it, and um, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of on hold now. So so we'll see. So I don't know what's going to happen. Um, you know, September 30th is the earliest that they're opening up any country. Mm. All 7,000 existing Peace Corps volunteers were evacuated from all over the world for the first time in Peace Corps history. Wow. And so, uh, you know, I'm not really sure what to expect next, but I'm not that concerned about it because my philosophy is trust the journey. And I know if I'm meant to be there, I will be there. And if I'm not, if I don't end up going there, everything that's happened, I mean, like bringing you and me together, That's right. you know, everything that's happened is is just putting me on a different path with different people for different reasons. And I'm just, you know, I've kind of learned to sort of free fall into the world's arms. <laughs> well, I really love that about you, just how open your heart and mind and soul are to, you know, just uh, kind of taking what's, you know, happening and making, um, you know, just 
just a, a great experience out of it. It's that's a beautiful thing about you. Well, I try. I mean, it's you know, it's a, it's kind of a, a daily challenge. You know, I have a I have a sort of a philosophy that every person, every city, every company has its path and pace. Mm-hmm. And if the path is not right, and if the pace is not right, then it's not a joy-based journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to say that we don't need to kind of fight and advocate for certain things. And of course, right now, we need to do that more than ever. And, um, and I feel a responsibility to be an advocate um, for in any way that I can. Um, however, um, you know, we also need to kind of step back and see what, what is our actual calling here on earth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have a very limited time in, in what our life is. Um, so I think it's important to sort of try to embrace that and, and, and do the impossible and take a risk and be scared, which, you know, I am. And, um, and be vulnerable. You seem so brave, and that's uh, that's inspiring as well. Well, I mean, still kind of scared to death. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I've learned that that kind of always works out. You know, <laughs> that that works out. We just uh, keep put ourselves in in new new situations, and um, you know, it's this idea. I think especially now when we don't know what's happening and what the future looks like. It's, it's super scary. It can be. Um, So I try to get up every day and say, um, there's a saying that a number, you know, a lot of folks probably follow this philosophy, but um, do the next right thing. And I mean, there's a lot of steps forward that we can take that, are not, you know, don't require money, don't require much time, and and don't require permission. Um, and that's something to remember. There's like, I think you know, from our from our our companies, from our families, from our from our cities, from our country, there are things we can do that actually don't require permission mm-hmm. that can help us to get closer to our own goals on a daily basis. And sometimes it's it's just you know. Some simple little action, you know, planting a sharing garden, researching something, um, writing an email, calling somebody, or just getting on your bike and seeing where the journey takes you and kind of trusting that what gets put in your path is for a reason. And so you stop and you, and you talk to people and, and see where it goes. And I was just going to ask you next, you know, for someone that just wants to take an action that, you know, wants, maybe they don't have as much time or as much means or, or whatever, if they just want to, you know, do something good or make an impact, if you had any um, piece of advice for them. And um, I mean, I think, I think you said it, it was uh, so well there. Yeah. I mean, I don't, honestly, Polly, I have like, no answers. <laughs> I have no, I don't even know the questions anymore. <laughs> All I have is trust. All I have is trust, That's you know, big. and I, I have a, you know, I have a lot of spirituality to my mm-hmm. belief and my, 
kind of daily acceptance of things mm-hmm. and and trust that you know everything is you know I'm a writer my higher power is a better writer a bigger writer has far more page turners than I do <laughs> <laughs> and um you know I just um I just need to show up I just need to show up and do the well, next you do right that thing. very very well yeah well thank you I mean it's you know again it's like I don't everything's you know it's Every day is a bit of a struggle, and um, and every and right now is a very challenging time. You know, I mean, we lost I lost my father in law to coronavirus in April. I hate that. Yeah, and um, however, um, he had broken his hip in February, and we had been down there and spent a lot of incredible time, you know, with him, and that was a gift. You know, my my heart, my heart's just breaking for a lot of people right now. So maybe you know, if if there's any word of advice for anyone, it's you know, let's lead with kindness. Um, let's just lead with kindness and and just try not to judge folks mm-hmm. right now, because uh, you know people are making a lot of a lot of hard decisions, and mm-hmm. um, we're all we're all kind of sitting in a different place right now and kind of face to face with a with with a lot of challenges in our own lives and in our life life as, as a society as well. Um, but I believe there's a way forward and I believe that resiliency and sustainability, you know, is going to play, a, needs to play a larger role, mm-hmm. you know, in that way forward. And, and, the, and the thing is, it's not a giving up of anything. It's a taking on of joy. Mm. There's so much joy in this journey. And um, I think, Maybe we could use a little bit of that. No, I, I just love that you shared that um, perspective, and it's such um, great advice uh, for all of us just to think that way. If people want to follow you or learn about your books or um, want to reach you, tell me how our listeners can connect with you. Well, the best way is probably traveling at the speed of bike.com. Okay. I have links. And I'll put the, all of this in the show notes yeah, as well. Right. That's probably the best. I mean, that's where, you know, I get up super early every morning and my favorite way to start the day is to write. And I love looking through, like you said, the photos and the experiences and kind of just trying to figure out what might be helpful. Um, if you do follow and, and you enjoy what you're reading, I mean, feel free to email me or make a comment, whatever. That would be really really great to hear what might resonate with people. Um, I also have a class. I have a, a, a bike class. You know, I'm a League of American uh, Bicyclist Cycling Instructor. So um, I have developed a uh, basic bike skills class based on their smart cycling curriculum in combination with my lived experience and research specific to women and girls in public space. Um, and I've adapted it so that it's delivered via your phone. Uh, it's a, I think it's a super fun, easily accessible cool. um, class. And that link is um, on travelingatthespeedofbike.com as well. Okay. It's I free. Will, I'll pull that yeah. out of the um, website and make sure that I specifically call that yeah. out as well in our show notes. Right, because with everyone, with so many people riding bikes again, there's a lot of really useful, fun information in there, and I try to put a kind of a fun bonus link, you know, in each little daily text. So, um, 
I don't know, it's free. And um, also the, the proceeds from my books, I try to um, put back into um, helping folks access healthy food and also um, bike, free bike education. So I just, you know, I think all of us can just do our little bit and that's all I'm trying to do. So, well, you bring so much joy to the world and you're such a giver and have a big heart. And I love your love for people and, and helping and strangers and, and connecting and helping um, anyone that you can. It's, uh, it's really inspiring. Like I've said. Oh, well, thank you. I, I appreciate what you're doing as well, Polly. Uh, thank you so um, much. Yeah. I mean, also, I guess one more thing folks could sure. do if you're, yeah. if, you're, if, you're, if you're supporting local businesses, um, which, you know, is a really helpful thing to do right now, um, and you're interested in, in maybe getting out on bike, but you might have some hesitation or you're really not sure where to go in Atlanta beyond the Beltline, um, Bicycle Tours of Atlanta it does an amazing job with their tours and um, I'd strongly recommend booking a tour through them. Um, so many folks from all over the world take the tours um, and folks who are here in Atlanta and they just, they just kind of, they have a tour called fall in love with Atlanta. And no matter how long you're here, I think you'll experience Atlanta in a very different way. Um, if you haven't done it yet on bike and this is a safe and accessible, really fun way to do it. And they're, they're doing all the good social distancing and masks and sterilizing um, to make sure you're safe. So I just would love to give Robin and the whole gang over there a big plug. Oh, that's, that is so great. I'm, I'm glad, especially when people are, you know, trying to um, be outside and, you know, find more unique things to do. That is right. an excellent recommendation. Yeah. She's got the bikes and helmets. She's got everything you need. So um, you know, it's great. You just two, three hours and, you know, that just honestly, it may just open up a whole new, you know, avenue for folks. Mm-hmm. Well, I thank you for sharing that. That's great. Well, um, Patty, it has been so nice to have you on Stories Connect People podcast. I appreciate your uh, you sharing and your time and um, just all of the great things that you've shared with uh, me and our listeners. It's been a real joy to talk to you today. Oh, thank you, Polly, and you too. And, and again, if there's anything I can do to help anyone, just please feel free to connect with me. Thank you for listening to Stories Connect People podcast. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe, listen, rate, or share with others. I look forward to being with you next time on Stories Connect People podcast.